Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs, and it's brought to you by the American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management. Great sponsors, and if you uh, are not a, a member, you should go to their website and have a look. It's well worth it. I've been a member since 2002, and uh, it's been a great help to my career. Now, if you're listening for the very first time, this is a radio program where we tell it exactly the way it is, doing everything we can to assist entrepreneurs by bringing you the latest information every week on what is happening in business throughout the world. Last week, I said that the big, business, the big news last week was my birthday, and I appealed for gifts, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, red wine. Well, I'm here to tell you I got lots of red wine, but unfortunately, no Lamborghinis or Ferraris. But there's always next year. Now, we're in an era of disruption. It seems like every day there are new industries where technology and outside-the-box thinking is a game-changer. But we all know there are established rules and guidelines that limit what's possible to achieve. These are rules that we all somehow just agree to, and we go along with them. We don't want to rock the boat. There are rules about the cost of doing business, rules about profit, about loss, about reinvestment. There are rules about possibilities. There are rules dictated by sheer elemental restraint. Science dictates some rules. Maths and economics, they also determine other rules. And we're told that if we watch closely, these rules will teach us how to win the game. We've been taught that it takes money to make money. They tell you that growing your business too fast without enough cash flow puts you at an unfair advantage and often will send you broke. So we've learned that we've got to play by these rules. We've listened to the experts who tell us to push and pull and tweak until we align our business interests with the rules that will decide positive outcomes. Now, we follow these rules hoping that we end up being successful, hoping that the rules that work for someone else end up working for us. And so our businesses end up looking alike, sounding alike. They're me too's. And guess what? They fail alike. We're all doing the same things, following the same set of bullshit rules. And we're all wondering why the rules don't seem to work out all that well. Most of the 97% of businesses that go broke follow the rules. Well, guess what? So until now, people are coming along and showing us that those rules that we've followed for so long 
don't matter anymore. We now know that rules are made to be broken. And once broken, nothing's ever the same again. And the rule breakers are rewarded very handsomely, usually. For example, when innovation came to mobile and location-based apps, it swiftly did away with every single reason why you would want or need a regulated taxi industry, just for example. So along came Uber and Lyft and Halo and quite a number of others. And when you listen to the arguments that the regulators put forward for regulating the taxi industry, they look ridiculous. The first reason that they give is security. Now, Uber knows and attracts every driver. So what the hell can go wrong? The second reason is routing. Well, add ways to your smartphone and you'll be close to optimal timing every single time. And with Google Maps, anyone can find any hotel, any restaurant, any attraction. Anyone can be a driver. Now, how many of us have had great experiences with drivers where you get in and you tell them where you want to go and they don't have the faintest bloody idea how to get there? So that works. Now, the taxi companies say, yeah, but what about the reputation of the person that's doing the driving? Well, in Uber, you give your driver a rating. It's real-time meritocracy. How many lousy cab drivers have you had? Have you tried to complain? No chance. And uh, with Uber, you get certainty. Every Uber or Halo or Lyft driver can track their car in real time. It creates a commitment on both sides that the ride's real and lets you know when your car will stop at the front door. It provides fantastic peace of mind for both parties. With Uber, it takes no more than a name to create a relationship with a driver. You know who the driver is. You get in the car. Hi, Fred. How are you? Good to see you. I'm going to Venice Beach. Driver says, no problem, John. All of a sudden, you've got an experience, a relationship between the parties. But that's a lot better than a bloody taxi driver. So Uber delivers far superior customer service on a whole range of levels. So let's just have a look at a few other companies that have been disruptive over the past few years. Zappos. You know, everybody said, you know, giving people outrageous customer service is expensive. Therefore, it's unprofitable. Well, Zappos built a billion-dollar company in less than 10 years by delivering the most incredible service of anyone ever. Craigslist broke the rule that web technologies need to look sexy without any advertising or an attractive user interface. And with only a handful of people, they booked hundreds of millions of dollars by providing very simple functions that people really want. 
Nike. They broke the rule that athletic equipment's all about the sport. They build a brand backed by celebrities and world-famous champions that inspires fierce loyalties by athletes of any skill level, including couch potatoes, Ford Motors. Now, they broke the rule that car companies needed a government bailout to stay competitive in the auto, in the auto industry. They added $18 billion in sales over two years by cutting waste and refocusing their spending habits. Now, another one that really broke the rules was Walmart. Walmart, you know, there was an old thing that price wasn't the determinant of sales. You know, an, an attractive price with great service would beat low prices. Well, Walmart proved that consumers can be bought with cheaper prices. They introduced radical discounting and generated trillions of dollars through 9,000 stores all over the world. Netflix broke the rule that consumers only wanted to rent the latest movies from a store down the street. They created a multi-billion dollar industry of renting mostly older movies on laptops and living room set boxes. Amazon broke the rules that books were supposed to be read in hard copy. I remember going to bookstores and they said, if you open this book, you buy it. Well, Amazon sure changed that. They also changed the um, belief that groceries and electronics couldn't be sold from the same website. They generate more online book business than all the other retailers combined and generate tens of billions of dollars in revenue for things other than books. YouTube broke the rules that said that videos meant for the television screen. They taught friends how to easily share memorable experiences and they sold their platform for almost $2 billion, $2 billion in less than a year. They broke the rules and they're still one of the most popular online destinations of all time. ING broke the rule that said banking customers need access to ATMs and branches. Well, they made online banking an attractive option and they radically altered how consumers save money, all the while building a billion-dollar franchise. Dell Computers, well, they break the rules too. People thought that um, consumers wanted to buy their electronics from a retail store. <clears throat> they removed the middleman and became the largest manufacturer of personal computers on the planet, creating one of the largest consumer e-commerce sites on the web. And IKEA, they also break the rules. They broke the rule that said that do-it-yourself furniture couldn't be stylish, yet inexpensive. Today, IKEA offer 12,000 products, employ 127,000 people, and help 450 million consumers find furniture for their home. That's not a bad success. 
I actually met the guy who owned IKEA and I gave a presentation at IKEA in um, in Sweden a few years ago. Great bloke, unassuming, drove a car that was about 12 years old, real Sam Walton kind of guy. Now, there were lots of rules in all of these industries before these companies came along and said, screw the rules. And a lot of competitors to these companies all thought they were crazy. You're nuts. That's not going to work. I'm going to stick by the rules. Well, guess what? Most of them are gone. They weren't ready to go all in. They weren't prepared to break the rules and build a better mousetrap. They played it safe. They did what everybody else did. They became a me too and all found themselves put out of business or damn near by a better business model. But they were convinced that playing it safe was the better choice. So it was the rules that ended up screwing them. The rules were holding them back from creating something amazing. Now, it took bold leaders to see this and build a strategy to successfully break the rules. It took leaders who could look past fear and failure and the disapproval of the crowd and dare to be amazing. Now, that leader could be you, but it takes a lot of guts to be different. So if you think you're an entrepreneur, ask yourself this question. Are you ready to break all the rules? If the answer to that is no, stick to your day job. In other news this week, the world's biggest advertising company is about to double its spend on Twitter. Now, we've been talking about this for a while, but this is yet another indication of the growing power of the web and apps and the diminishing strength of traditional media. At the Cannes Lions Advertising Awards Festival, what, last week in France, um, WPP CEO Warren Martin Sorrell said his firm would double the amount of money it spends on Twitter ads in 2014. Now, the amount of money at stake, it's pretty significant, but it's not a game changer yet. It equates to $100 million this year uh, compared with $50 million last year. But it, it would double its spend on Facebook, considering WPP is the largest advertising service company in the world, and they've got all these massive clients with huge budgets like Gillette and Ford. It, it is going to mean something. It could also be an indication of things to come for Twitter. In 2012, Sorrell announced that WPP would double its spending on Facebook to $200 million in what many see as a major step in the platform's journey towards becoming a $6 billion ad business. Sorrell said that his largest clients had found Twitter, along with YouTube, to be the most effective social media platforms that their brands advertise on. Now, that's big endorsement indeed. So Twitter and YouTube, the two biggies for the big guys. Now, Twitter is expected to um, double the size of its ad business and finish this year with $1.4 billion in total revenues. I don't know about you, but 
I've been glued to the World Cup this year. It's been great. And, you know, the old thing about always draws in soccer. Bloody hell, I've had about 36 games and about three draws. It's amazing. And uh, I guess it's no surprise to find that World Cup ads are four times as popular as the Super Bowl ads in terms of time spent. According to the latest stats from YouTube, people all over the world have watched more than 1.2 billion minutes of World Cup ads. Woo! That's four times as many minutes as people watching Super Bowl ads. Now, out of the 10 top World Cup ads, Nike has claimed three of them. Ads for Nike's Risk Everything campaign are packed with famous Nike sponsor players like Ronaldo, Rooney, Neymar, Howard, Peak. In fact, eight of the top 10 spots feature soccer stars. Samsung's top ad, The Training, showcases Donovan from LA Galaxy, Messi and Ronaldo, while Adidas features Beckham Zidane Suarez, Suarez the Biter, and Elves for its campaign. But one thing to really think about is the length of these spots. According to Google, the average length of the top 10 ads is over three minutes, while the average length of a Super Bowl ad's just one minute. And I think that's because, you know, in the Super Bowl, they show ads all the way through every time there's um, a stoppage in play. But in the World Cup, it only happens at half time. So by increasing the length of these ads and posting them online, brands have turned their um, ads into viral sensations and boost the, the watching time. I mean, the ads are great. I mean, they really go to some lengths. So Brazil's the number one ad watcher with 61 million views. The US is at number two with 57 million and Mexico with 50 million views. That's a hell of a lot of views. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, brought to you by the American Institute of Sales, Marketing and Management, and we're here to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. Become an entrepreneur. Get out on your own. Be a master of your own destiny. Have the balls to go and kick it around and break the rules. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. I'll do that again, bob at bobpritchard.com, and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. After the break, I'm going to be talking with Simon Jordan, who went from a 20s death wish, weighing 320 pounds, which is 146 kilos, binge eating, drinking, and drugs. 18 months later, he weighed 182 pounds, which is just 82 kilos, and finished the London Marathon in three hours and 45 minutes, clean from drink and drugs. Now, he puts that same dedication into his business, and one year into setting up his marketing company, he established his own highly acclaimed online TV channel, sharing marketing tips to a global audience. Simon's also one hell of a good guy. I mean, he's English, but, you know, you can't hold that against, I don't suppose. Well, you can. Of course you can. But um, he's really a good guy. He's the author of How to Skyrocket Your Business Without Burning Your Fingers. It's kind of a cute title. 
which received five stars on Amazon. So you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, the number one show in the world on radio for entrepreneurs. It's brought to you by the American Institute of Sales, Marketing and Management, and I'll be back to speak with Simon in just a moment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. The American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management is one of the leading accreditation institutes in the world. Do you have the letters AISMM after your name? Do you have the AISMM accreditation certificate on your wall for your clients and colleagues to envy? Do you have the AISMM membership pin on your lapel? AISMM helps you do business. Join the American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management now. Go to AISMM.org. That's AISMM.org. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard straight-talking, no-bullshit business radio show, where we give you an insight into the lives of some of the world's extraordinary people and what makes them tick. Most extraordinary people that I've ever met began life as very average, ordinary people, just like most of us. What makes them interesting, unusual and great? Well, that's a bit of a mystery in most cases, but this is the segment where we try to unravel that and find out. My guest today in this segment is Simon Jordan, who I've reached in London early morning, a fascinating guy with a fantastic website. And uh, let me tell you a bit about him. Simon Jordan went from, a, in his 20s, obviously a death wish, weighing 320 pounds. Now, that's 146 kilos for you um, back in my home country of Australia. Binge eating, drinking and drugs. Sounds like <laughs> many of us. Um, 18 months later, weighing 182 pounds, which is 82 kilos, he finished the London Marathon in 3 hours and 45 minutes. Jesus, I couldn't even drive it in 3 hours and 45 minutes. And clean from drink and from drugs. Now, he puts that same dedication into business. One year into setting up his marketing company, he set up his own highly acclaimed online TV channel, sharing marketing tips to a global audience. 
He's put his success down to the power of social media. Author of How to Skyrocket Your Business Without Burning Your Fingers, which has received five stars on Amazon. He is a fascinating guy. We had a chat before the, before this interview, and he is um, very interesting. Hi, Simon. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Yeah, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Time well, I'm here in Los Angeles, so... I'm here in Los Angeles, so it's actually late afternoon. Time for a oh, excellent. time for a excellent. cocktail. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> From being overweight yes, and on a downward spiral, you know, what was yeah. it that made you make the decision to say, "Hey, this isn't working for me. I'm going to turn my life around." To be honest, it was it was anger, and it was anger at going to the doctors. My my ex said to me, hey, you know, Simon, you need to go and sort yourself out. I was like, yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, was, I, was, I was wanting to, to take, uh, to, you know, take an easy trip off the planet. I was in a, in a bad way, very dark place. So I went to the doctor, and we all believe the doctors are, you know, they're the gurus, and, you know, they're, they're the people to listen to. And they said, well, okay, Simon, yeah, you're pressed. Have a tablet. I thought, well, you know, I've been taking, I've been yeah. taking tablets. This happened to be a legal one. But I thought, is that it? Is seriously, is that it? Is that all you're going to do? Well, I got really angry. Um, I went home and just just thought, this is crazy. So, well, they're not going to do it for me. No one else is going to do it for me. I've got to do it. If I'm really wanting to make a shift, I've got to do it myself. And it's it's really a motto for, for everyone's life. Takes a hell you know, of a lot we, of guts, we, though, mate. A lot of guts. It does, it does. But, you know, we, I mean, we live, I'm not sure about Australia, but, you know, we have these things over here, these adverts for, you know, where there's a claim, there's a blame. Well, you know what? If you trip over in the street, maybe you should have looked where you were going. You know, if, if you know, yeah, <laughs> there's a hole, don't walk in it, walk over it, walk around it. Don't blame someone else. You've got to take, you know, um, own, your own responsibility. And I think there's, there's a certain lack of that. I'm not going to. Well, go I, off on one about this because it's a bigger subject. Well, I've lived in California it, for 25 years and I think you're totally right. You know, nobody takes responsibility. Always blame somebody else. It's a hell of a lot easier than, than yeah, looking yourself in the mirror. It. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't saying, oh, I'm heavy-boned or I'm, you know, I have got, I have got an issue. No, you know, people say, oh, it's my glands, you know, that, that are making me big. No, yeah, it's right. my hands that are making me big. It's my hands that are going in the fridge and eating all the cake and, and all that kind of stuff. It was my doing that did it. I know some people do have issues, you know, the, the medical problems, but yeah. for me, it was, it was about my, my problems. And so I thought, okay, I need to start doing something. Now, the only time I used to run was to run down the shop to get the, <laughs> get get the, the next, get uh, another twinkie. Next bit of, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to do it. And a really good way, um, I mean, the rest of my family are very, very healthy. And that, that was running. So I thought, okay, I'll start running. I've never really run before. So I started running. Um, and it was, I just, I entered into a series of road races because I wanted some goals. Because if you just go running, fine, you know, you can stop whenever you want. But if you've got a goal, so I, I started doing a, a road race. Um, and I, um, yeah, then did a half marathon, then did a 20 mile road race, um, joined a running club as well. So I, I was wanting to be with other people who could also spur me on. Um, mm. And you just align yourself. And I think, you know, I, if people listening to this, if they think, well, how can I get further? Align yourself with people who are already doing it, who are already um, at the top of their game, or at least a lot further up than you are. Yeah. And I was, I stopped hanging around with the kind of people that were, that were bringing me down, keeping me where I was. Yep. And I said, I joined the running club. 
So these guys incredibly fit and healthy. <laughs> Me very <laughs> other road dying on my backside. <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, and that's what I did, and it, it made a difference. Now, yeah, eighteen months later, weighing thirteen stone, well, I don't know how many pounds that is, but um, yeah, I lost all my yeah, <laughs> so, but yeah, it was um, a big difference, and I'm right. trying to sort of carry that. And yeah, I've still had the pitfalls, you know. I've gone through divorce, I've had bankruptcy in the business because of two clients going bust on me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 part of life, but just. But it's fun. You've just got to do it yourself. Yep. That, you say on your website that it took, you took your business from local to global in seven months. Now, how the hell did you do that? Ah, uh, well, it's all bribery and corruption. <laughs> no, well, That's that the was, best way. Was, <laughs> either be born rich or bribe and corrupt. They're the only two ways to go. <laughs> yeah. No, where it was, it was, um, I, I started local. I mean, I've been in the, uh, the marketing ad, ad, uh, advertising industry for 25 years. So I know how to market a brand. I know how to build a brand. Um, Working with all the big corporates. So sure. I started um, my own business. I left the corporate world. I thought I've had enough. Started my own. And within the first year, I, mean, I was going to all the networking events locally, which was great. But I was I wanted to spread out. I wanted to go further afield. Now, it's only me. And it was my PA as well at the time. And I thought, well, how can I do this? I don't have huge budgets. Well, that's the beauty of social media. So I, I, I thought, okay, you've got to add value. Jim Rohn, the great late Jim yep. Rohn, always used to yep. say, you're paid for the value you bring to the marketplace, not your time, but it's the value. So I thought, well, how can I add more value to my prospective clients? How can I get my name out there, but also share my knowledge, help people? You know, yep. living is about giving. Yep, I agree. So I created the SimonJordan.tv show. And, yeah, within seven months, I'd been booked. I remember it, it, using social media as well. So it's on YouTube. I'm using Twitter, using Facebook, LinkedIn. Google Plus wasn't around then. And I remember I was, I'd gone to spend a day with someone teaching them how to use video blogging. Now I'm not an expert on video blogging. I just, I just learned. I went out there and sourced all the information. And this is it, you know, going back to taking responsibility. I thought, well, I, I want to learn this. Where do I go? Okay. So I started doing the research, bought some DVDs, watched other people, see how they did it, asked the questions and found out how to put a show together. How to mm. film it, what's the best way to light, sound, edit, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was then teaching it to someone else. And I went out and said, I'll just spend the day teaching this lady how to do um, these video for, for online marketing. And someone in the States saw that tweet and they said, Hey, do you fancy coming and do some, doing something with us? And they'd seen my site, seen what I was about. And yeah, I was booked and I was speaking in San Diego. And the lady was actually Carrie Wilkerson. Um, yeah. And it was an event called Speak, Shoot, and Sell. Yep. Uh, she's very, very big over in the States. And then sure. her friend Paul, and my friend is Paul Evans. So that was the start of it. But I then started picking up customers in, and clients in California. Um, yep. Yeah, and I, and. That were probably my clients. From there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it was amazing. Just the power be- of that. And it's- yeah. Sorry. So what do you believe is the most important factor in, in success with a SME? What, if, if there's one thing that they have to do and have to do really well, what is it? Uh, know your target market. Yeah. Know who it is that you that you are aiming for. Because yeah. a lot of people they'll say, "I just want everyone." Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot of people. You know, <laughs> it, it's in a word, this is spray and pray method. <laughs> but you you need to know who is it that you are. And actually, there's two things. You need to know who you're targeting, and you need to know them really well, almost as well as you know yourself. Where do they hang out? What do they read? What car do they drive? What dog do they have? Do they play golf? All this kind of stuff. So you can gear your marketing up exactly for them. Because as the market changes, their needs will change, and you will know that. What you're selling is still the same, 
but what they are, are needing might be slightly different. And the marketing is all basically about packaging. It's packaging in order for someone to, to, to see and understand it. That's what they want. It's yep. still, the, in the essence of it, stays the same. And the next one is know the benefits of what you're offering. Whatever your product is or services, what are the true benefits? And so many people get hung up on the features. You know, yep. we don't care about the features. Yep. Features never sold anybody anything. Exactly. What are the benefits? Yeah. Um, after thirdly, get passionate. Get fired up. I mean, I, 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 I would buy a broken pen off someone who was passionate. <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I, I did an interview with Tim Draper, um, who I know well, and uh, Tim mm. was responsible for um, a couple of minor hits like um, Hotmail and Skype and Baidu and a few of those. And yeah. he said what he buys is passion. If a yeah. if an entrepreneur is passionate, providing the idea stacks up, he's in. If he if he doesn't get that passion, he's out. So what um what are some of the common mistakes that small business owners make? Well, but I mean, I'm sort of touched on it there. Really, they they don't understand their target market. And if 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 you're an SME and you are going to networking events, you know, you are a small business owner and you're going to networking events and you get the I know they have B and I worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, those other groups opening up as well, and there's obviously a new one opening up every day. But you get a, you know, you get a slot to stand up and say, "Hi, I'm Simon Jordan, and I run a marketing company. I'm looking for any SME who will help with marketing." Yep. And people are thinking, "Well, who are you? Um, well, do I know anyone? Not really." And I'll give you a classic example. A guy came to me who who ran a products promotion company. Yep. You know the companies that sell the mouse mats, mm-hmm. the pens, the mugs, the, all this kind of stuff with a logo on it. Yep. And he came to me and said, "Simon, we, we, we're struggling." Our sales are really dropped. Um, and we looked at his marketing. I said, okay, Bob. And his name wasn't Bob. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Bob, what, what is it that is your biggest seller? And he said, well, it's clothing. It is clothing that's the biggest seller. I said, okay, let's do a study. We, we were in the room at the time. And I said to someone, can you recommend, can you think of another company that you, are, that you know of that could do with some marketing, you know, um, products such as pens, mouse mats? And they struggled to come up with one or two. I said, mm-hmm. okay. Can you think of anyone who would um, benefit from having their logo on an item of clothing, such as a T-shirt or a hoodie or a top or whatever? And they're like, yes, certainly. Well, you've got bar owners, you've got bar staff, you've got scaffolders, you've got builders, you've got painters, decorators, plumbers. And the list went on. And I said, there you go. I mean, I knew that that was going to happen, but I wanted to demonstrate to him. I said, because when people are seeing, coming across your website or they're out networking and you're telling people what it is you do, you're giving them such a wide array of information. Yeah. But they, they can't focus their mind. They can't hone down. But when you say, we, if you just stood up and said, we provide clothing um, with your logo on it, so you, when you're out and about up a scaffolding or whatever, <laughs> or a ladder, yeah. people can see and you can promote your business on your Get it. And you see, your marketing needs to work with or without you. So when you're meeting someone for the first time, you need, to get your, yeah, you need to get your business information across so that person can then help sell you on, yep. sell you on. So those are one of some of the common mistakes of uh, business owners, definitely. I'm very impressed with how you've used social media, just going through your website and the following that you've built up. What are the keys to really making social media work for you? Connection. Social media is, as it said in the first place, it's being social. I liken it to a huge bar. In fact, I did a, an episode of a TV channel called uh, Twitter Explained in Plain English. And what a lot of people do, they think, great, we'll sign up, we'll start connecting with people or just adding them and we'll start selling to them. 
No, social media means being social. So you need to connect with people. And what I've suggested is... relationship. Exactly. I use Hootsuite because it's brilliant. I don't use the, the Twitter website because it just, it's, it's, it, it's absolute basic. It, it's okay. But with Hootsuite, and again, I did another video with how to use Hootsuite. And it basically, it allows you to, to see what's going on. Now I've got 33 old thousand followers. I never see what's in my friend's feed because it updates every nanosecond. I, it just go, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't follow it. It's yeah, too much. Sure. So I have a series of columns and I have lists. I've created lists. So I, I have a guru list. So the people who I admire, who I follow, That's they the one are I'm there. On. Yeah, exactly. It is. <laughs> so you, so you, you can see what's going. I, you've, I mean, you've got your mentions list. You've got your direct mail list. Sure. But I've also got a friend's ones. I've got a client's ones. Yeah. So I know three times a day, I just nip in, see what they've been saying, retweet or whatever. Some, every other day, I would go in and spend a little bit longer on there, but I'd probably spend half an hour a day in total. Uh, that, was going to be my, going. that was going to be my final question to you because we're running out of time. How much How okay. much time do you spend on social media a day? On an, on an I would probably say about, about half an hour, really. I mean, I do a lot of blogging, which links through my, my blog. I um, mean, this is a bigger conversation, but the strategies I use for my website Put it this way: What I now do, um, and what I've implemented, the strategies in my to bring in more traffic and build my list online, has gone from 200 visitors a day to over a thousand. In fact, last year I think it was 1,500 visitors a day um, on my site overall, and that's because of using social media and strategy. So it's um, it's about half an hour a day, but a lot of stuff happens automatically in the background. Mate, great to speak with you. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. Next time I get to London, I'm going to call you and we're going to go and have a beer or whatever oh, you fancy. Without a doubt. I, I without really enjoyed doubt. talking to you. And um, if you'd like to find out even more about Simon, go to his website, www.simonjordan.com. That's www.simonjordan.com. Now, I'll be back for the last segment of the show just after this short break. Do you want the world to know you're a force to be reckoned with? If so, you must join the American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management, America's foremost accreditation institute. You'll be amazed at how AISMM can open doors that you can't. Increase your prestige and influence. Add the letters AISMM after your name. Apply now. Go to AISMM.org. Again, that's AISMM.org. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Bob Pritchard, straight talking, absolutely no bullshit, tell it the way it is, business radio show, brought to you by the American Institute for Sales, Marketing and Management on the Voice America Business Network. I've been a member of AISMM, as I mentioned before, since 2002. It's opened a lot of doors and there's a lot of valuable information, a lot of books and tapes and CDs and blogs and all sorts of stuff that can help you build your business and build your prestige in 
the marketplace. This is the time where we have our email segment. And this is a very popular segment because it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Um, it doesn't matter whether you've got a big business or a little business. It doesn't matter what you do. You know, we all have the same issues. It doesn't matter whether you're a retailer, a plumber, a landscape gardener, or got a dry cleaning store. It doesn't make any difference. We all have the same issues. So while I'm answering a question, the next question, I'm not sure, the next email, I'm not sure um, what Harrison Westgarth does, but Harrison Westgarth from Portland, Oregon. And uh, I'm sure the answers that he gets uh, to his question will also be of interest to you in yours. Um, Harrison says, Dear Bob, I love your program. It's really informative and it's not only interesting, but it is often funny. (laughs) Okay. I've also never heard a business host that uses some of the colourful language you use. Hmm. Yeah, some people like it. Some don't. But quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. I think it's terrific. I think it shows passion. That's what Harrison said, not what I said. I want to protect... Harrison goes on to say, I want to protect my business and make sure that it is really secure. But everybody does seem to speak that, but everybody I seem to speak to about it has a different opinion of how to protect my business. So I'm not even sure what the real risks are. Well, Harrison, I found an article like yesterday or day before um, called How Secure Is Your Business? And it lists all the external and internal threats. So I'm not sure what business you're in. And so um, just pick out what applies to you. And uh, and it'll be a benefit to everybody listening, I'm sure. So I'll run through all of the points that they raised in this article. External threats include armed robbery, but also employee safety in parking lots. It's amazing how many incidents occur because of disgruntled employees. So if somebody's been terminated and is really pissed off, don't underestimate the threat. Weapons are used in America in over 42% of all robberies and attacks. So that's pretty serious. So, And we all have disagreements with um, employees at some time and we all have people we need to fire and uh, who get disgruntled and really angry so just um just be careful the second external threat is burglary and in the united states a burglary occurs every 15 seconds that's 250 burglaries every single hour every day every week of every year and while unemployment's up around the seven percent mark this level of burglaries is likely to continue. The third external threat is theft of materials from your um, premises, like copper pipe, with 55% of copper theft occurring from commercial properties. Hmm, They're all pretty threats that we think, "Mm, that's never going to happen to us. Nobody's ever going to get cheesed off enough to come to work with a gun. Um, People probably aren't going to burglarise the place. I've got this cheap alarm, so I'm pretty safe. Wrong. The fourth external threat is actually caused by people loitering around your premises. People who just hang around for some reason. Loitering deters customers 
and actually creates a very uncomfortable and unpleasant environment for your employees. So if you've got people hanging around out the front of your property, and in America often you have itinerant workers hanging around, try and get them to move on somewhere else. The fifth external threat to your business is vandalism, and the most popular, of course, is graffiti. I hate graffiti. I just hate it. They call it urban art. Urban art bullshit. It is just destruction of property. And not only looks ugly, but it deters customers and it costs considerable money to rectify. But if you keep fixing it, eventually the graffiti artists give up. Now, the sixth external threat is one that we all need to look at. It's premises liability. More than one million people have a very serious slip, trip or fall each year. A million. And if this happens on your premises, it can cost you a lot of money and can even jeopardise your business. So it's essential that you make sure that you're well insured. So discuss all your options with a business insurance broker because you know, the things that you don't think are going to happen just might. And the seventh and last external threat to your business is property crime. And more than one in ten property crimes occur in parking lots and garages. And a lot of us don't even monitor those. We don't know who's coming in and out of our parking lot or our garage. So, you know, if somebody falls, hurts themselves, slips on an oily patch on the in the car park, you can find yourself very liable. Now, the second type of threats to a business are internal threats. And uh, the major one of these is inventory loss. Now, I was blown away when I saw this number. It is extraordinary. Over 75% of employees, 75% of employees actually steal from their workplace. Bloody hell. And this figure comes from Tyco in in integrated security, so it's good information. So I wouldn't go as far as to search everybody when they leave the premises, but um, it wouldn't be a bad idea by the sound of it. But you certainly need to be vigilant. It's also important that you're conscious about access to sensitive data and also to hazardous materials. Again, from Tyco in Integrated Securities comes the figure that 563 million security breaches exploiting sensitive personal information occur each year. 563 million breaches. Woo! So you need to make sure that you really protect your information. The third internal threat to your business is workplace violence. And nearly 2 million workers report being victims of workplace violence every year. 2 million. Bloody hell. Um, These numbers are quite surprising to me, I must admit. But when you think about it and you talk to people, you find that it's real. The final type of issues that can affect the security of your business are those that affect management. So we've got external threats, internal threats, 
and management. And they're threats that we really usually, I guess, um, don't regard as threats, but they can be just as serious as any of the others that we've discussed so far. And the first of these is employee productivity. I was uh, very surprised to find out that lost productivity of actively disengaged employees costs the US economy $370 billion every year. So people who just go to work don't give a rat's ass. Cost your company or cost the US economy $370 billion every year. And I've said on this program probably a hundred times that the most important contribution to business success is customer service. Customer service is critical to having a successful business. And failure to provide outstanding customer service can really hammer your revenue and your profit. So it's worth noting that customer service improves greatly when employees know they're being supervised. Now, as it turns out, and totally by accident, the next email that I'm going to address, if I've got time, talks about exactly this subject, and uh, I think it's really interesting. The final issue that can affect your company's security is visitor management. Over 40% of businesses have no way of monitoring who enters and exits their building. 40%. Harrison? I hope that's a help to you and to all the business owners out there who want to run a tight ship and maximize prosperity, profitability, and they want to minimize the risk. That's the most important thing. Now, we're going to send you out a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. I'll um, put my autograph in there for you. Very valuable one day. It's my latest bestseller. It's done unbelievably well around the world, and I hope you enjoy it. Remember, the Bob Pritchard Show, we are here to help small businesses succeed. The second email today comes from Janine Weston from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who writes, Dear Bob, terrific show. My small team and I at the office really enjoy it. I was wondering if there's a tool available that would help me monitor how my staff spends their time so that we can be more productive. Aha. Now, this is a really interesting subject, and I get an awful lot of inquiries about how to monitor what your people do. Um, you know, one of the problems with... Um, the internet is you can sit there and look really bloody busy and um, be watching videos and working on your Facebook. So it is really important that, um, you know, without going to Big Brother and snooping in on um, everything, you can keep an overview of, um, of what's happening in your business. So... Janine, there's an employee monitoring software out there, and it's called Revive My Team, and it monitors how your staff spend their time, and this helps you manage them so that they're more productive, it highlights inefficiencies in your system and in the way they work, and because you know all this, it makes you a much better leader. Revive My Team tracks mouse movement, 
mouse clicks and keyboard clicks. It takes the average activity from the overall clicks during the productive time to give the workers a productivity score. Then by using this score, you can tell how productive or unproductive every worker is every day, as well as how they improve over time. This is a bloody good tool. It also tracks overall activity and productivity of every software application for every employee as well as for the staff as a whole. It's also tracked by the hour. So if you ever wonder what your staff did in the last three hours, you just click and there's the information. Revive My Team also records screenshots of your staff working every minute and corresponds that with their activity report. Now, that one I'm not so sure of. I'm not sure that I would want screenshots of me working every minute, but it's a damn good way to keep track of what's happening. You know, your staff could also have a slow computer and an internet speed on their machine that affects their productivity. So Revive My Team tracks CPU, RAM, bandwidth usage, does it right through the day and advises you if you need to upgrade anybody's equipment or connection. Now, that's a bloody good tool because um, we have several computers and they they do operate at different speeds and frustrates the hell out of me. Now, all your activities are automatically grouped into categories with built-in productivity scores covering thousands of websites and applications. You can customise categories and productivity scores to meet your needs. Now, it seems to me that in the main, and you can you can use some of these tools and not others. Now, I'm not so keen on the one that gets snapshots of you um, consistently all day, but the rest of them I think are pretty good. A big advantage of Revive My Team, I reckon, is to be able to stop your employees being paid for um, browsing Facebook, being on Twitter, watching movies, catching up with sports stores, sitting there blankly staring at the monitor, you know, all of the things that they can do that eats into the time that they're supposed to be trying to work and make you money. Revive My Team tracks productivity time, reactive time, wasted time, idle time, time you're away from the keyboard, and total time. It combines all this information with the employee productivity and hourly salary and breaks it down into one report so that you know who you're getting value from and who you're not. Pretty nifty, eh? Wow. These days, I think uh, Revive My Team provided it's used respectfully for your staff, it's a great addition to every business. So Janine, thanks for a great question. That really was a great question. And uh, it's called Revive My Team. I can see how it can be motivating and I can see how people would um, uh, work harder because they're conscious of being um, watched. And you know, when you're active and when you're engaged and when you're involved, work's more fun and you produce much better results. So, Janine, a copy of Marketing Magic. This is a book that I wrote with Brian Tracy and um, 
my memory's not as good as it used to be. John Conrad Levinson, Robert Bly, and a bunch of other international renowned marketers. Um, I wrote it a few years ago. It also did extremely well, and that's going to be sent off to you tomorrow. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think. I want to hear who you want me to interview. I want you to um, send me questions, send me emails so that I can engage back with you. Visit my website, bobpritchard.com. Sign up for my newsletter. We've got a newsletter coming out in about five days. So sign up for my new newsletter. Email me, tweet me, and tell me what it is that you want me to talk about. So thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show for entrepreneurs. We're brought to you by the American Institute for Sales, Marketing, and Management. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. If you're not learning, a competitor's a competitor of yours is. And when you meet, they'll win. And we don't want that. This is the Bob this is Bob Pritchard. I'm on Voice America Business Network, and I hope you have a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.